News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The Health Department comes under fire for its underused school services. There's a legal challenge over the decision not to prosecute CY Leung. And Theresa May makes a last-ditch attempt to salvage her Brexit deal ahead of a crucial vote in Parliament. The Ombudsman has criticised the Department of Health for ignoring the persistently low attendant rates for its student health service. $200 million a year are spent on running 12 student health service centres for primary and secondary pupils. An investigation found that more than 200,000 students failed to show up at their annual screenings. The Ombudsman, Connie Lau, said it was only after its intervention that health officials started to look into the attendance. The Department of Health should really, as the chief department responsible for the plan, they should be alerted of such low attendance rate and they should also to look into reason leading to this very low attendance rate. For example, as you said, is that the content not good enough for to attract the student or the parents? So they should look into the factor leading to the low attendance rate. But unfortunately, this is not done. The chairman of the Elderly Commission, Lam Ching Choi, says the government should review its elderly healthcare voucher scheme in three years. He says this will allow officials to assess the effectiveness of its proposal to cap the amount that can be spent on optometry services. Dr Lam, who is also an executive councillor, said it will also allow the government to consider whether the scheme should cover additional services that are expected to be offered by district health centres. I can't exclude any possibility, but since the uh, district health centre will evolve while the time comes, and different services might be added uh, in the district health centres, in that sense, the voucher actually has expanded, will expand its uh, uh, services. A fishing boat has sunk off Lama Island after colliding with an oil tanker. A helicopter from the Government Flying Service has been deployed to carry out a search, but there have been no reports of casualties so far. Opposition activists and lawmakers have launched a legal challenge against the Department of Justice's decision not to prosecute former Chief Executive C.Y. Leung over an undeclared payment. Mr. Leung's acceptance of around $50 million from the Australian engineering firm UGL was investigated for four years before the DOJ decided there was insufficient evidence. The League of Social Democrats' Zhang Qinxing has filed the application for a judicial review and the Democratic Party's Lam Chuk Ting says they have a strong case. We strongly believe that the decisions made by Theresa Chen, Secretary for Justice, is unjust. And we have to defend the rule of law and the fitness of the government on our own. Britain and the European Union have agreed legally binding changes to their Brexit deal in a last-ditch attempt to salvage it ahead of today's vote in Parliament. Prime Minister Theresa May met European Commission Chief Jean-Claude Juncker in Strasbourg to discuss the backstop, a policy to ensure there's no hard border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Mrs May said the new agreement would ensure the backstop would only be temporary. Having an insurance policy to guarantee that there will never be a hard border in Northern Ireland is absolutely right. It honours the UK's solemn commitments in the Belfast Good Friday Agreement. But if we ever have to use that insurance policy, it cannot become a permanent arrangement and it is not the template for our future relationship. The deal that MPs voted on in January was not strong enough in making that clear and legally binding changes were needed to set that right. Today we have agreed them. 
Labour's Brexit spokesman, Sir Keir Starmer, told MPs the change adds nothing to what Mrs May brought from the EU on January the 14th. If that is right, then the Prime Minister is left with a pile of broken promises. It's as much a matter of trust as substance. I'm sure many tomorrow on the government benches will be disappointed when they look at the detail. They should be disappointed but not surprised. We, We have repeatedly raised questions about the Prime Minister raising expectations she could not meet. The whole approach has been misguided and the fault lies squarely at the Prime Minister's door. The BBC's Rob Watson looks at what's been agreed. This latest agreement falls short of promises from Theresa May to reopen the withdrawal treaty itself or to get rid of the backstop altogether, as many of the MPs who voted against the deal in January had wanted. What has been agreed are further assurances, which the government insists are legally binding, that the EU can't somehow keep the UK in a customs union against its will. The question now, will these assurances be enough for Mrs May to win the vote? Pro-Brexit Conservatives and the small Northern Irish party Mrs May relies on to stay in power, who until now have opposed the deal, have said they will look at the changes. US aviation authorities say they'll order Boeing to modify its 737 MAX aircraft, including the anti-stall software and manoeuvring system updates, after the second deadly incident involving one of the planes in five months. The Ethiopian Airlines plane crashed six minutes after taking off from Nairobi on Sunday, killing all 157 people on board. The US Federal Aviation Administration said it expected to push through design changes no later than April, although it didn't ground the fleet. But a former chief of staff at the FAA, Michael Goldfarb said it should do so until it was determined what caused Sunday's crash. The fact that they believe that something further can be done speaks volumes. When the U.S. air carriers say, we have total confidence in this fleet, how do they know? Yeah. How would they know since they haven't been on scene? They don't know the details of the crash. So I'd err on the side of caution, and I'd try to restore confidence by temporarily grounding them, as difficult as that is going to be as from an economic, industry-wide position. China, Indonesia and South Korea have grounded the 737 MAX jets following the crash, while Singapore has banned them from using its airspace. Donald Trump's special representative for North Korea has signalled a hardening of the US line towards Pyongyang, insisting on complete denuclearization in return for a deal. Stephen Began said the US would not accept the terms North Korea had offered at last month's summit in Vietnam. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Marcus. Stephen Began is President Trump's point man on North Korea. And while he was at pains to stress the benefits of Mr Trump's personal effort to strike a grand bargain with Pyongyang, he made it clear that US policy is that there could be no partial relaxation of economic sanctions in return for North Korea giving up only elements of its nuclear weapons program. That is what the North Koreans offered at the recent Hanoi summit. His comments underscore the scale of the problem. To convince Pyongyang to give up all of its weapons of mass destruction programs in a transparent, verifiable and irreversible way. President Trump has put forward his budget plans for next year, setting up another battle with Democrats in Congress over his funding demands for a wall along the Mexican border. Mr Trump wants more than eight billion US dollars for the project. That's far higher than the figure he demanded last year, which prompted a partial shutdown of the federal government. The acting director of the Office of Management and Budget, Ross Fall, explained why the money was needed. Federal resources and frontline defenders are overwhelmed at the southern border. 
in the fiscal year 2020 budget provides sizable funding of an $8.6 billion for full completion of the wall and other border security resources. The proposed budget also includes an increase of about 5% in defence spending alongside cuts to education, health and foreign aid. And the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, says she's not in favour of impeaching President Trump. In an interview with the Washington Post, Mrs Pelosi said such a move would divide the country. The BBC's Nick Bride reports from Washington. Ever since the Democrats won back control of the House of Representatives in last November's congressional elections, there's been talk of impeaching Donald Trump. But in her strongest remarks on the subject yet, the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi declared she's not for impeachment because it would deeply divide the country. Although she added that her mind could change if there was a compelling and overwhelming reason to seek the president's removal from office and there was bipartisan support to do so. The English football club Manchester City is putting millions of dollars into a compensation fund for victims of historical child sex abuse. Victims have been told claims should be processed within weeks and that they'll receive a personal apology from City, one of the Premier League's top clubs. Here's the BBC's Dan Rowan. This is the first compensation scheme of its kind to be established by a club implicated in English football's child sex abuse scandal. Last year, former youth coach Barry Burnell was convicted of 43 charges of abuse relating to 12 junior players between 1979 and 1991. One of the country's most prolific paedophiles, he was jailed for 30 years. It follows the launch of a victim's redress fund that would see survivors of the most serious crimes receive six-figure sums in damages. The Venezuelan government has suspended school and business activities for the second time since widespread power cuts began last Thursday. Power was restored in some areas, but service has dropped out or lasted just a few hours. In the National Assembly, the self-declared president, Juan Guardiol, declared a state of emergency. Here's the BBC's Will Grant. The head of the National Assembly, Juan Guaido, was backed by the Parliament in his call for a state of alarm in Venezuela over the current crisis in the country. In theory, that would give the military the order to mobilise extra support as well as other emergency powers. However, in a Venezuela with two parliaments and two men claiming to be the legitimate president, the decree is unlikely to make any difference. The military remain loyal to President Nicolas Maduro, particularly the top brass. Scientists have found evidence of a massive solar storm that hit the Earth more than two and a half thousand years ago. The discovery raises questions about our preparedness for such an event, as the huge amounts of radiation released during a solar storm can knock out satellites and electrical systems. Here's the BBC's Paul Rincon. The sun can release huge amounts of radiation, which then travels towards Earth. When the high-energy particles collide with our planet, they can knock out electronics in satellites we rely on for communications and services such as GPS. Researchers studying the chemical makeup of ancient ice samples from Greenland found that a massive solar storm hit Earth in 660 BC, during the Iron Age in Europe. It was about ten times bigger than recent storms, raising fears the world isn't sufficiently prepared for such an event. Financial news and currencies. The US dollar is trading at 111.4 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 12 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 36 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 28,908. 405 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $59 billion. Now, with the latest sports news, here's Adam Jung.
We start with good news for one of our local athletes. Vivian Kong has become the first ever Hong Kong fencer to reach number one in the world rankings. The 25-year-old moved one place up after fencing's world governing body released the latest rankings on Monday. She's taken over from Italy's Mara Navaria as world number one in the women's epee. Kong has made a strong start to 2019 with World Cup victories in Cuba and Spain. She's aiming to reach the Olympics for a second time. Now to basketball, the Houston Rockets are the hottest team in the NBA. They've run their winning streak to a season-high nine games after beating the Charlotte Hornets 118-106. James Harden and Eric Gordon led the Rockets with 28 and 22 points respectively. Gordon made five three-pointers for the third straight game. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich says the Rockets are peaking at the right time. Both the East and Western Conference are really up for grabs this late in the season. Nobody is running away uh, with the uh, with the uh, conference championship at this stage. The Milwaukee Bucks, despite losing, and they've dropped a couple of games, in fact, for the first time this season. Bucks are the first team in the NBA to 50 victory. The Toronto Raptors are hot on their heels with 48 wins over the Western Conference. Golden State Warriors with 45 wins, but uh, they are really knotted up with Denver and the suddenly hot Houston Rockets, who I think have won seven or eight games in a row. The Rockets are only three games off the pace, and they're really streaking at the right time of the season, making a statement and trying to get back to the form that gave them uh, the uh, Western Conference regular season best record last year. Ten months after leaving the club, Zinedine Zidane is back in charge of Spanish football giants Real Madrid. He's replaced Santiago Solari, who was dismissed at the weekend. In his previous spell as head coach, Zidane won nine trophies in just two and a half years, including the Champions League three times and the Spanish League title in 2017. He says he can't wait to get started the second time around. Well, I know it's a special day for everyone, and I'm very happy. That's the most important thing. And as the president was saying, I'm really happy to get back home. I know afterwards there will be questions. I have nothing to say, but I'm happy for coming back. And what I want is to work again and to provide what is always needed at this club, to get the club where it should be. And now the only thing for me is to start working tomorrow. That's it. Zidane's first game back in charge of Real Madrid will be at home to Celta Vigo on Saturday. And that's your look at sports. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. The health department comes under fire for its underused school services. There's a legal challenge over the decision not to prosecute CY Leung. And Theresa May makes a last-ditch attempt to salvage her Brexit deal. That's the news from RTHK.